You're listening to Racing HQ with Dave Stanley on Sky Sports Radio. Vince Sicardi now joins us on the program from the dailysectionals.com.au. He's been doing the data, sending the emails. Uh, Vince, hello to you, mate. Good morning. Dave, good morning. I still can't stop laughing. Your great man, Mario, said to me, oh, I just wanted to see if you were going to be, you know, having some time off. He said, time off? Well, I guess I'm working all the way through without any time off, but am I really working anyway? I don't think so. I don't see what I do as working because I just love love it. I do. So it doesn't matter. I actually disappointed when I have to have a day or if I had an operation or something, I used to say to the surgeons, I'm going home tomorrow. And they go, no, no. I said, yeah, I've got to get back to doing what I do. So unless you're forced into staying out, that's the only time I'm not in front of the screen. 100%. Uh, Vince, I've got to ask, mate. Uh, <laughs> I've got to ask. I love it. Did Mario tell you about his week, what he's been up to? No, Speaking of being no, a trooper? no, no. He obviously keeps that all to himself. Well, he, said he had a holiday. This was last week. He, told he had a holiday, holiday he, but he didn't disclose what, how, or anything. No, we had a holiday and he came back and he was a little bit crook from the holiday, as you can be when you, you go. And he's back there today, his first day back, producing Racing HQ like an absolute trooper. And yeah. we're going to try and find some winners for him to pay for that holiday. I guess the big feature tomorrow, uh, when you look at across all the country, for mine is over there in Perth. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it, it is that, uh, that gold rush, the Damien Oliver gold rush. Um, it's a Group 3 worth $1.5 million. Now, Damien's last ride in a race will be race nine tomorrow, number four, Munamek. Can he win it? What does your data say about the horse? Before then, I feel that his last winner's going to be, not last winner forever, because I believe he's still going to be riding. Is that right after this weekend, or that's it? I think this is it, from what I've been reading. I think this is it. So... I believe then his last winner will be race eight. Race eight. Magnificent Andy's the one that I feel is going to be his last winner. Now, we can come back and talk about that one, but coming back to race nine, I'm so sad that you said about this one, Manimal, it's a good horse, it's got capability, but when I look at the profile, firstly, it's a competitive race. You need to be able to perform around that three lengths above standard or better. This runner that Damien's got doesn't quite meet the criteria under all aspects. That's distance, where its current performance profile is. It's right about a length behind. So it's not a lot, but it just means about eight or nine horses will have to have problems or not deliver to their customary capabilities in order for Damien to have the great outcome of victory. I would love that fairy tale, but I'd say it's a low probability. All right. What do you like in that uh, yes. well, rush? hopefully, have you got any prices from the tab yet, or is it I too do. early? No, no, no. We've got, so it's $6 the field. Uh, your current equal favourites are number 16, Ripcord, and number 18, Super Smink. They're the $6 favourites, and there has been some money and some support for probably the best-backed runner, Comfort Me. So, which is horse seven, it's been $18 into $7. Okay. Well, as you know in this game, sometimes this is the grain and where the market 
presence is for money and it has to be respected. And I always pay respect to that. But the reality is there are days when I will walk in the opposite direction. And I can be right and I can be wrong. But when I'm right, I'm rewarded tremendously. So the first comment I'm going to make is I cannot believe that Ripcord's the favourite. I cannot believe it. Under no circumstances, everywhere I've looked form-wise, I can't even have the horse in my top ten, which scares me, right? Because I'm asking, what am I doing wrong? But I don't believe I'm doing anything wrong, so therefore I have to believe in what I do and what I stand for. Its profile coming into this race is 0.2 above the IVR benchmark. It's not going to get you anywhere. Even when I stress test the performance to see if there's something that I missed, the race matrix, we have a race matrix, which does all this data algorithm of their last six leading runs coming to this, and this is purely on sectionals, and it's only giving an indicator of 0.5 above. I said, okay, let's assume all that's wrong. I then look at the profile of the horse. First section... This is last start at Ascot. This is the, I'm, I'm assuming this is the reason why it's favourite, right? Six and a half lengths below benchmark first section. That's virtually equal to the slowest it's ever gone through the first section. I have to highlight this because this is how you tie in the closing speed. Because a lot of times when people communicate about sectional times, they're not wrong when they articulate best last 200, best last one. That's all good and it has merit, but it can only be of great value if you understand what was the race shape. So the race shapes, in my view, for 1,200 metres, on the soft side, six and a half lengths below benchmark. I then like to look at the mid-race move. How much was the extension between the 800 and the 400 metre mark? The extension was solid. It was 9.2 lengths. But the caveat around that is how much above the benchmark was the actual split time when you get into that 400-metre zone, and it was only 2.7 above. And then I look at the closing, which is what everybody got excited about, and even I did at the time, because I, I was rostered on to time the meeting. This is what happened. The horse went 4.6 lengths faster than standard last 400, 3.5 above benchmark over the last 200 metres, and was hard in the lanes. In other words, where you get the most advantage on the day. In fact, it was one of the widest runners of the day. So I sit back and say, okay, it's a lightly raced horse. What have I got wrong? How much can this horse... Could this horse improve three lengths tomorrow? Well, I guess anything's possible, But then I found like a little hidden gem from last campaign. What I like to do is this. I like to see, because I feel this is going to be a race, there's going to be a lot of speed, Dave. I've got it marked as two and a half lengths faster than standard on the low and as fast as six to eight lengths above the benchmark standard on the high. So that's high speed. So if Ripcord runs to the last start and is travelling around four to six lengths below benchmark, it's going to be 10 to 12 to 14 lengths off the lead speed. That will be a miracle for that horse to be able to win from there. I mean a miracle, a dead set one in a million chance of winning if you have that shape. So, because the four and a half lengths above benchmark is not Winx-like. If this horse had a 10 lengths above benchmark last 400, I'd say, hold on. You've got a Winx-type foot 
footprint, maybe you can overcome all the adversities and win. But this horse doesn't have it. So I ask myself the question, what happens if you're travelling at even speed? What is your closing speed like? And here it is. I only had to go back one run. The 18th of the 11th, 23. Ascot. This horse was travelling 0.6 below benchmark, which is what I feel this horse has to be running at tomorrow to be in what's considered the winning zone, inside the eight-length circle and a chance of getting victory if you're good enough. Between the eight and the 400, the horse had a little bit of a slowdown, so I have to give a little bit of a bonus for that. But then, the last 400 metres, only 3.5 lengths above the benchmark. And we're talking about the horse that had four runs in. So I'm looking and say, oh, maybe this horse is going to improve heaps on conditioning. There isn't any. This horse actually came into racing very fit. So I'm saying, okay, maybe you're just going to be a superstar and you're just going to take it to a whole new level. Is it Blinker's first time? Is there something that I don't know? So I'm nervous about that horse being favourite, other than and yeah, all the people it, probably that yeah. uh, are taking it on are going to be happy. But I think, well, and, and that's the thing. And, and you know what? It's actually refreshing to hear someone come on and say, I don't, I don't particularly have um, this horse in, in my top ten because uh, if you like something else. And what, what about the horse they've backed, Comfort Me, the seven, which is okay, been... Okay, now Comfort Me, different scenario. Yeah. Absolutely different scenario. This is a runner that has to be respected. I do have this horse right on the borderline, fourth, fifth. That's where it's sitting right now. So I do have a few horses ahead of it. But Comfort Me's profile is fantastic. 2.7 lengths above IVR benchmark leading into this run, which is superb. I love that profile. That happened two starts back on the 11th of the 11th. When I stress test the performance, it came up around 2.3, so I was comfortable with that. And when you break down this horse's profile, this is what I don't understand sometimes how horses become favourite. This runner was going four lengths above benchmark that day through the first critical 600 metres. Then between the eight and the 400, the horses produced a 7.1 lengths above benchmark. Like, that's dynamic off a fast pace. And then, of course, this runner was going to weaken. They stepped it up to the mile, and the horses found itself going even faster in the mile race going 6.9 lengths above benchmark, too fast under the structure of this race, particularly the run that it came off. Didn't have the same mid-race strength, in other words, that conditioning to be able to hold that aerobic threshold, only was travelling at 3.2 lengths, and then there was a drop-off over the last 400 metres, and it was very noticeable. It was about a 3.8 length drop-off. They are all signs that the horse coming back to 1,400 metres is going to be a big bonus. The horse is tough and ready for a hard pressure race. See, this is the other thing that Ripcord doesn't have. It hasn't been in a race where there's been high intensity. It takes a bit out of a horse when they haven't experienced it for the first time and they have to learn how to taste that pressure. Comfort Me doesn't have any of those issues. Now the question will be, is it the best horse going into the race. Well, it's definitely one of the top five, and for that reason has to be respected and doesn't require much of, uh, let's say, non-performance by other runners for it to get on the podium and potentially win. 
We're chatting with Vince Accardi from dailysectionals.com.au. Vince, before we wrap it up, and obviously anyone out there that's wanting to get in contact with you, maybe they're looking at taking a few holidays and using your data to have a punt. How can they do so, mate? All they've got to do is go to the Daily Sectional website. The early edition race speed profiles are up now, cost $22. And if you've never used it before, you can see a whole bunch of numbers. You can download the glossary to give you some insight. But I always say, keep it simple early. Just follow the horses in our most advantage. They are striking above 70% on average for the top four runners in there. And that's the best place to start for a low-cost solution. And then what happens? If you buy today, tomorrow morning, after scratching, there's a further update automatically emailed to you at no extra cost. And before we go, Damien Oliver, which we touched on, you mentioned Magnificent Andy. This sounds like a horse you're really excited to see tomorrow. Well, he's, I, I'm definitely keen, firstly, because I want to see Damien Oliver win as well. This rider, I'm not going to say he's like Nash, because I love Nash as well, but these are riders that when you're on them with money, most of the times they are going to give their best performances on how you have scored the horse for that race. They, like it. they allow the horse to run to their maximum capability, is what I should say. So I have a high expectation that Damien Oliver, this is one of probably his best two rides, in my opinion, tomorrow. And Magnificent Andy, I mean, what price has the, the tote got that right now? Because I haven't got the markets in front well, of me. Fixed, fixed odds, $5, he is. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, this horse comes in with a 1.8 lengths above IVR benchmark. That's the standard. And we've been clocking WA, I don't know, 15 years. So we've got lots of data to compare it against. 1.8 above. I look at the breakdown of the race. All sections were above benchmark. This horse has come right to its absolute top. It only has to hold that run to be guaranteed a top three slot with, you know, no bad luck, you know, getting stuck in the stalls or something stupid happening. Even luck, this horse will get on the podium and get a collection. So it's tremendous each way. And I actually feel that Damien's good enough to win this because he's a master of knowing where the lanes are. He knows where the lanes are in WA as well. Not all riders do. A lot of them just sort of follow the pack. But there's three or four riders in WA that know where to track their horse coming to the home turn to get that extra one length. And I'm hoping Damien's going to do exactly the same. Have a great uh, weekend, mate. Pleasure to talk with you. And uh, we will chat next week, mate. My final um, HQ for the year next Friday. So hopefully we can head out with a bang before we're back early in the new year. Absolutely.